Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. This is episode five. Uh, This is October 18th, 2021. We've been having some interesting technical situations, and we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, uh, most people listen to the Doc Washburn Show by downloading the podcast wherever podcasts are available or going to docwashburnshow.com and clicking on listen. Now, if you would like to listen to our live stream at noon Eastern or 11 Central, there's one way to do it for the time being, and that one way to do it is to go to your your app store on your iPhone or your Droid and download the app from Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, like Pod and Bean. Um, and we, we hope to have other ways to listen live soon. Anyway, this is Episode 5 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious last November's presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't let me say that on the radio on pain of being fired. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, we're uncensored, and we're unfiltered. Now, before I go any further, I need to publicly acknowledge our appreciation to the folks responsible for downloading our podcast over 7,000 times and the thousands of people who listen to us every day from just the first four episodes. We've had downloads from 47 states in Washington, D.C., and at least 11 other countries. Now, again, for the time being, most people listen to us either by downloading the podcast wherever podcasts are available or just going to docwashroomshow.com, clicking on listen. Um, but it, we've had kind of an interesting experience at episode three, Thursday, episode four, Friday, because episode three, I talked for about an hour and 22 minutes. And if you listen to the podcast download, the whole thing's there. But for some reason, our podcast host, Podbean, cut off the live stream after about 45 minutes. Then on Friday, about the time I was asking if Transportation Secretary Mayor Pete Buttigieg was on some kind of maternity leave, about 14 minutes into the live stream, Podbean cut us off again. Now, we have been trying to correspond with these people and ask them what the problem is. Hey, man, sir, I got an idea. Why don't you email them again? Just to check. And they responded to the emails, but the response, the responses they had were uh, insufficient, to say the least. So I went on LinkedIn.com and found that the CEO of Podbean actually has a presence on LinkedIn. And, you know, I sent him a message. We haven't heard back from him yet. He's a busy guy, I'm sure. But the message I sent him was, uh, his, his name is David Zhu, X-U. He grew up in China and graduated college in Shanghai. The message was entitled, Why Do You Keep Cutting Off Our Live Stream? And I said, Good morning, Mr. Zhu. I'm going to the extreme of contacting you on the platform, on this platform, because my IT team cannot get any answers from your IT folks about why our live stream was discontinued at approximately 45 minutes Thursday and 14 minutes Friday. We're doing a new national talk show. 
We already have over 7,000 downloads from 47 states and 11 countries after just four episodes. Any assistance you could offer would be greatly appreciated. We haven't heard back from you yet. So, um, you know, in the back of your mind, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, was it something I said? You know, because we've all heard of platforms out there, Facebook, Twitter, GoDaddy, um, throttling, suspending, you know, messing with conservatives for having the gall to say things that liberals don't like to be said. So I hope that's not the issue, and I hope we can get things uh, squared away with with Podbean. Uh, but anyway, I just uh, needed to mention that. Now, this morning we got the breaking news. It's always shocking when someone famous dies, especially when you're not expecting it. This morning we got the breaking news that former Secretary of State Colin Powell had passed away, 84 years old. And his family announced on Facebook that he passed away from complications of COVID. And they also announced that he was fully vaccinated. Now, one of the things that I'm wondering about this is, and of course he had underlying conditions as folks of a certain age would have, but I'm wondering in the days and weeks to come, how many, how many messages like this are we going to be hearing? People passing away from COVID complications or with COVID complications who are fully vaccinated. Now, the Health Department of Massachusetts announced that in the week of October 3rd through October 9th, they had 45 people in that state die of COVID who were fully vaccinated, okay? Pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. I said Massachusetts, it should be Michigan. I apologize. Um, now, what Fauci told us is, at the start of this year, you get the jab, not only will you not die from COVID, not only will you not be hospitalized from COVID, but you won't even get COVID. I know, I know, who's Fauci? Well, just the director of the National uh, Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases for the last 35 years. Know what I'm saying? Now, a few months ago, CBS and NBC TV announced the alarming phenomena of breakthrough cases of COVID. Breakthrough cases of COVID. That means people who had COVID even though they're fully vaccinated. See what I'm saying? Now, Cheryl Atkinson, the great reporter, the great investigative reporter for many years now who has a show on Sunday mornings entitled Full Measure, 
Uh, she announced over the weekend. Federal government has outlined procedures for federal employees to be compensated for any injuries they receive as a result of getting COVID-19 vaccines under Biden's mandate. According to a bulletin issued by the Federal Employees Compensation Program under the Department of Labor, vaccine injuries are not usually covered under the federal program. However, because of the unprecedented step of the COVID-19 vaccines being required by executive order for federal employees, the bulletin says an exception will be made. This bulletin is the first tacit official admission by the U.S. federal government that injury claims for COVID-19 vaccines are expected. It's unclear whether private employers and contractors who require vaccination under the mandate will be liable for vaccine injuries among their employees. All vaccines and other medicine have side effects. The Centers for Disease Control and the Food and Drug Administration said the COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective for all populations they're approved for. But then they lie a lot, right? I mean, the FDA also refuses to call women who get pregnant women. They call them pregnant people, you know? So why should I trust them? No, no. If they're going to deny biological reality, I'm not going to trust them. Anyway, Cheryl Atkinson continues, the government has not to date allowed an exception to the vaccine mandate for natural immunity among federal employees, even though a growing body of scientific studies indicates natural immunity after COVID-19 infection is superior to that provided by the vaccines. Well, they've sure allowed an exemption for U.S. Postal Service employees. That's for doggone sure. I mean, Biden's going to need help, right? Making sure that they get millions of fraudulent ballots in 2024. I know, I know, I know. He's, he won't still be president then. Kamala will, but the point stands. Cheryl Atkinson says, while public health officials have begun acknowledging the existence of natural immunity, some of them, including CDC and Dr. Fauci, contradict the majority of the studies by claiming immunity is further improved in the naturally immune by getting vaccinated. And there's the quote from the Federal Employees Compensation Bulletin. As such, employees impacted by this mandate who receive requested COVID-19 vaccinations on or after the date of the executive order may be afforded coverage under the FECA for any adverse reactions to the vaccine itself and for any injuries sustained while obtaining the vaccination. How about them apples? You know, you can only suppress the truth so long. I'm saying. I mean, eventually, the truth is going to come out. You know, I believe, uh, I believe I read it somewhere. The things that are whispered in darkness will eventually be shattered from the housetops. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. All right, now, that having been said, Dr. Andrew Bostom, academic internist and epidemiologist 
and author of non-medical tomes on jihad war and Islamic anti-Semitism is out there on Twitter. Talk about a whistleblower. FDA and CDC ignore damning report that over 90% of a hospital's emissions were vaccinated for COVID-19 and no one was reporting to the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Yeah. Physician assistant Deborah Conrad bravely reports these harms and is barred from filing VAERS reports. That's, uh, that's jacked up. That's jacked up, and the and, and the link to the letter, long letter here. Um, a lot of bad stuff going on. A lot of people, a lot of people complaining that uh, they or their loved ones have gone to hospital with COVID and don't get treated. A lot of places they just want to put you in a bed, put you on a vent, and eventually you die. Now I, I want to, I want to play a little something here. This is a, a montage of different things that Fauci has said over the whole period of us having to deal with this manufactured Wu flu, this manufactured. China virus that Fauci helped fund and then lied repeatedly under oath about helping to fund the creation of it. Here we go. So now we have two vaccines that are really quite effective. The mRNA vaccine, highly effective, extraordinarily efficacious, 94 to 95 percent for mild to moderate disease and virtually 100 percent efficacious because the real world effectiveness is even more impressive than the results of the clinical trial. Now, they put um, they put this compilation of him saying it at different times, different ways, and I apologize for the music they put underneath it. I I don't know why they they felt like they needed to do that. But here's a quote. Here's a quote. It looks like Washington Post: No hospitalizations and no deaths. All three U.S. vaccines highly efficacious. Fauci says, and of course, people are dying. People are dying after being fully vaccinated. Another quote, pardon me. Then the results of the clinical trial. Another quote says, vaccines are safe and effective against Delta. You might not know that from the media fear-mongering. Another quote, experimental coronavirus vaccine, highly effective. Headlines, actually. The Pfizer BioNTech vaccine is said to be powerfully protective in adolescence. Another headline. Oh, another one. Good jab. Coronavirus news, UK latest, June 21 lockdown lift. Looking good as vaccines highly effective against Indian variant. Another headline. COVID vaccine found highly effective in real world U.S. study. 
Another headline, the COVID-19 vaccines are highly effective and the chance of an adverse reaction is rare. Another headline, COVID vaccine found highly effective in real-world U.S. study. Man, the headlines keep on coming. New study finds COVID-19 vaccines are highly effective in preventing hospitalizations among older U.S. adults. You know, it's almost like the memo went out, right? Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is crazy. FDA scientists endorse highly effective Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine ahead of key panel. mRNA COVID vaccines highly effective at preventing symptomatic infection in health workers. Wow, wow, wow. It just, it just keeps on going. Um, there is a clip still playing. Check your tabs on that new computer. No idea. No idea. I only hear one thing. I only hear one thing, but thank you. Thank you. Uh, a word from the <laughs> from our producers. Uh, AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine 100% effective in preventing deaths, hospitalization, U.S. study. <laughs> Eventually, I'm thinking we'll have Fauci saying something else. But just just one, one headline after another. COVID-19 Novavax jab 100% effective in protecting against moderate and severe disease trials results suggest. It keeps on going on and on and on. The Pfizer vaccine. The fi- oh, let, me, let me back it up a little bit. Let me back it up a little bit. Yeah, no, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't be playing the music while I'm just reading the headlines off the video. You're absolutely correct. My, my, my IT guy's looking out for me here. The Pfizer vaccine is 100% effective for people this age. Study says... The next one, J&J asks for a booster go-ahead, says second vaccine dose provides 100% COVID protection. They're all lying. You realize they're all lying, right? But there's a lot of money. There's billions to be made. Uh, Let's see, another headline, COVID-19 vaccine AstraZeneca confirms 100% protection against severe disease, hospitalization, and death in the primary analysis of phase three trials. I mean, there are just so many. There's so many. There's so many. There's so many. Headlines. There's so many times that Fauci lied. Okay, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. We get to some bad headlines here in a minute. Let's see. Researchers, oh, this is May 4th this year. Researchers say best COVID-19 vaccines, 58% effective at 250 days. Got it? Uh Uh-oh. Uh, June 29th this year, Johnson Johnson one-dose vaccine tests only 57% effective against South African COVID-19 variant. Uh-oh. Another quote. Meanwhile, a Canadian study says that still awaiting peer review found that a single dose of Pfizer shot was only 56% effective at preventing symptomatic infections caused by Delta after two weeks. I mean, do, do, do you understand that if you're getting the jab, you're part of the clinical trial? Do you understand that never before in our history has anything been approved this quickly? That this is still trial and error? You you got that? In a smaller trial conducted in South Africa where volunteers were primarily exposed to another, newer, more contagious variant, widely circulating, there... And spreading around the world, the Novavax vaccine was only around 55% effective, but still fully prevented severe illness and death. Yeah, but it doesn't. An Israel study. 
showed that Pfizer's vaccine was 54% effective against symptomatic COVID-19 for 13 days to 24 days after vaccination, a figure comparable to the late-stage trial data presented by the FDA, presented to the FDA, that is. Uh, let's see, here's another one. Here's another headline in this compilation they put together. Novavax vaccine 51% effective against South African COVID-19 variant, according to study. Yeah, it's not getting better, is it? The Daily Beast, August 13th this year. Why the vaccines are only about 50% effective against the Delta variant. Right, got it? Uh-oh, NPR News. And now it's time for National Public Radio. All things half considered. September 14th. NPR. Oh, this is September 14th last year. They said a COVID-19 vaccine may be only 50% effective. Is that good enough? Good enough for me to get it fired from Cumulus Media for not taking it. They don't care. The mRNA COVID-19 vaccine was only 47% effective after five months. Another headline, just one headline after another in this compilation that started with Fauci swearing everything is going to be 100% effective over and over and over again. Uh, Moderna COVID vaccine, 76% effective against Delta. Pfizer, 42%. Wow, 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 wow. Study says COVID-19 jabs that were developed by U.S. drug makers Pfizer and Moderna may not be as effective as against the Delta variant compared to, compared to as they were against the original strain of the virus. Eh, a little bit of problem with syntax there, but, you know, they're journalists. What are you going to do? Another headline, Pfizer's COVID vaccine is only 42% effective against, okay, that's, that's the same as the last one. Health Ministry says COVID vaccine is only 40% effective at halting transmission, July 22nd this year. Um, I, I, wish, I wish on each one of these and told where the headline was from because clearly there are screenshots in this compilation that started with Fauci swearing up one side down the other. It's going to be 100%. Um, but I give you the sources when the screenshots have the sources. Officials say Pfizer vaccine is only 39% effective against the Delta variant in Israel. The country's health ministry says the vaccine remains effective at preventing severe illness and hospitalization. By the way, again, Colin Powell passed away this morning. His family announced on Facebook from COVID complications, and they announced he's fully vaccinated. Um, jab blow. One dose of vaccine, only 33% effective, leaving over 60s vulnerable, Israeli experts claim. And that's from January 20th of this year. But see, it, it wasn't until summertime that Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC here in the U.S., finally admitted that based on data coming out of Israel, people who were vaccinated earlier or people who were vaccinated early had an increased risk of serious health complications. Well, then you might want to tell whoever's pulling Biden's strings because apparently they want a whole lot of federal employees to get those serious health complications. All right, here's another headline for October 7th this year, just the other day. Pfizer's COVID vaccine efficacy against infection plunges to just 20% after six months, but protection against severe illness barely dips, study concludes. Sure, 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 sure. So boosters for the rest of your life, right? Uh, let's see. 
CDC backs Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine booster shots from millions of seniors and others at risk. Money, 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 money. September 28th this year, for people who got the J&J vaccine, some doctors are advising boosters ASAP. I don't doubt it. Now, are are these the same people that have been selling us the flu shots every year for decades, and then so many people I knew got the flu real bad after they got the flu shot? Maybe Pfizer and uh, Johnson & Johnson, but Moderna had never successfully brought anything to market before. What's that about? Uh, Another headline, Pfizer CEO says third COVID vaccine dose likely needed within 12 months. Um, Fauci says U.S. going in wrong direction may need booster. July 25th, Bloomberg. Well, now, wait a minute, because Fauci was the guy who said 100% efficacy over and over again. Israel vaccine passport now expires after six months. Boosters required. Uh, Reuters. Pfizer BioNTech to seek authorization for COVID booster shot as Delta variant spreads. I mean, it keeps on going on. NBC News. Why top FDA official says COVID booster shots may be needed for all adults. Here's another headline. Breakthrough data outlines need for booster, Pfizer CEO says. You know, I guess we could read these all day long, but oh, wait, wait, Fauci's back. Fauci's back. Hang on. Let me turn this back up. What what is Fauci saying now? Here he is on uh, CNBC. We know it's highly effective. We know it's highly effective. I'm sorry you couldn't hear that for the music. September 28th. Headline, it never ends. Israel says fourth booster vaccine will be required to keep COVID green pass active. How about that? June 10th. You remember this? U.S. halts. Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine shipments. Remember that? Suspended them for a while. September 10th, India halts chemical trial of Oxford AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. Yeah, it goes on and on. You know, in, in a sane world, Fauci would be indicted in federal prison by now. Here he is again. Highly Highly effective. Highly effective. Oh, what's this from Forbes? May 14th this year, how the COVID-19 vaccine injected billions into big pharma and made its executives very rich. They don't want to talk about this on the mainstream media. And by the mainstream media, I include Fox News and I include Cumulus Media, one of the biggest radio companies in America, the one that fired me for not getting the jab. Oh, what's this? From CNN Business, May 21, COVID vaccine profits meant nine new pharma billionaires. They didn't want me talking about that when I was doing, still doing local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas for Cumulus Media. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What's this? Vaccine maker earned record profits but delivered disappointment in return. Oh, my. Oh, my. This is This is amazing. Wait a minute, that one went by too fast. From Pfizer to Moderna, who's making billions from COVID-19 vaccines? I don't think you know the answer to that. Global billionaire pandemic wealth gains 
surged to $5.5 trillion. As the wealth divide grows deeper, global advocates call for one-time 99% emergency tax on billionaires' pandemic windfalls to fund COVID-19 vaccines for entire world. How about that? Headlines sometimes tell you a lot, don't they? Moderna's founders make their debut on the Forbes Top 400 Richest People in America list after cashing in on the pandemic with COVID vaccine. Really? Really? Y'all ever thought about following the money on this thing? May 6, 2021, Moderna posts profit for first time. Okay, here's another one. May 12th this year. As COVID vaccines drive record profits, CEOs get ultra-rich off massive pay packages, questionable stock sales. Really? Um, let me see. From May 4th this year, Pfizer's, Pfizer posts $4.9 billion first quarter profit as vaccine strategy pays off. Here's another one. Stunning study reveals how ineffective Pfizer vaccine actually is. Biden official, quote, if that's not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. But, of course, that official would be anonymous. Yeah, that's a wake-up call, all right. Uh, Jen Christensen over at uh, CNN, September 1st, last year, saying past vaccine disasters show why rushing a coronavirus vaccine now would be colossally stupid. See, they say that while Trump's still in office. Once Biden gets in office, it's like, got to get the jab, got to get the jab, got to get the jab, right? Fascinating. Fauci's lied so many times. In a sane world. In a sane world. He would have been indicted by now. All right, we're doing a national podcast. We are thankful that we have downloads from 47 states and 11 countries. Of course, since the springboard for the national podcast was the local talk radio show that I used to do in Little Rock, Arkansas, at the present, Arkansas is the number one state for downloads. Texas is right behind in, in second place. But um, I just thought I would mention Aza Hutchinson is the governor of Arkansas, and he likes doing national television. He likes going on Meet the Press, Face the Nation, whatever that show is Jake Tapper does on CNN, where Jake Tapper's like, you ought to run for president in 2024, right? So on Meet the Press, and a, uh, a big hat, to, hat tip to thehill.com with a quote, Meet the Press yesterday, Aza Hutchinson, who I think really thinks he can run for president, even though at this point he couldn't get elected dog catcher in, in Arkansas. Yesterday on Meet the Press, Aza Hutchinson said, and I quote, the states are sometimes coming in and saying employers should not have the ability to impose a vaccine requirement on their workers. To me, that's the wrong direction as well. It's not practical in terms of creating that debate, but it's not principled either. I am a defender of the employer's right to provide a healthy workplace. You would have just as many workers say, 
I don't want to work there because it's not a healthy workplace because not everybody's going to be vaccinated. The employers are in a tough position. They would have the prerogative to make those decisions, and I support that. Let me make it clear that when I say I don't believe we ought to be engaging in mandates, I'm speaking of the government mandates, whether it's a federal government mandate or a state government mandate. You know, this guy, this guy, see, he doesn't have to worry about losing his job. He's wealthy. He's wealthy. He's going to retire January 2023 from the governor position in Arkansas and will probably immediately get a seat on the board of directors of Walmart before he (laughs) starts his ill-fated campaign for the Republican nomination for president for 2024. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Here's this guy. One of the 50 governors, and he's, last I checked, he's the the chairman of the Republican Governors Association for the whole country, and he just just thrilled at the idea of millions of people losing their jobs over the vax mandate. Anyway, I just thought I would, uh, thought I would share that with you because there are a lot of people out there. A lot of people out there that don't get it. Oh, oh, okay. One more clip from Fauci on This Week, ABC, over the weekend. If you're vaccinated and your family members are vaccinated, those who are eligible, and that is obviously very young children and not yet eligible, that you can enjoy the holidays. You can enjoy Halloween, trick-or-treating, and certainly Thanksgiving with your family and Christmas with your families. That's one of the reasons why we emphasize why it's so important to get vaccinated, not only for your own safety, for that of your family, but also for the good of the community to keep the level of infection down. When you do that, there's no reason at all why you can't enjoy the holidays in a family way, the way we've traditionally done it all along. How much money is this guy making out the vaccines? Because he knows people are dying from COVID after getting vaccinated, and he knows people are dying from the vaccines. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care. All right. I want to shift gears for a moment, if I may, because a few weeks ago, there was an audit released from Maricopa County, the most populous county in Arizona, the one Phoenix is in which showed that there were way more ballots that should not have been counted than the margin of victory between Biden and Trump in Arizona. And a lot of people have been wondering why no one on Fox News Channel, including Tucker Carlson, will talk about it. And I think, uh, I think I've got the, the answer for you. So let me take just a break here for like uh, less than 30 seconds to catch my breath and get a drink of water. And, uh, and I'll break that down for you in just a moment. 
You're listening to The Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays on the Podbean app on your mobile phone and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866-609-3711. All right. Now, I want to play a little clip. Tucker Carlson went on the Judge Janine show over the weekend, the Saturday night show. And they're talking about Biden and how Biden got in office. And Tucker Carlson does not hesitate to criticize the terrible effect that Joe Biden and his policies and, you know, whoever the the puppet master is is pulling his strings have on this country. And a lot of people who stopped watching Fox News after they stabbed us in the back last November over the election are like, yeah, but I'm still, still going to watch Tucker because uh, Tucker is really... He doesn't pull any punches, right? He'll 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 speak the truth. Let the chips fall where they may. So, but a lot of these people in the last few weeks have been wondering, okay, but why won't he talk about the Arizona audit? Which clearly shows that Biden stole Arizona. Why won't Tucker talk about that? And I, I've got a clip. It's about a minute and a half of Tucker talking to Judge Janine Saturday night, and I think this kind of explains things. I mean, this is the most cynical anti-democratic exercise in the history of American politics. I mean, Biden got into the race. It was clear to everyone around him, including members of his family, that he wasn't up for it. He was grieving, understandably, the death of his son, Bo. Um, and so he ran for president for the third time and got no popular support, essentially none. He was an afterthought. Bernie Sanders rose to the top of the pack. Bernie Sanders right. was very close to getting the nomination for the second cycle right. in a row. Right. And the Democratic establishment, deeply threatened, controlled by big banks, by finance, decided we have to align to knock this guy out. And so once again, they did just that. And they decided Biden, in a kind of brilliant move that went right over my head as someone who's covered politics for 30 years, decided Biden was the perfect vessel for their ambitions. Now, if you believe in democracy, you think, well, people elect a president because they believe in that president, his character, his views, his commitment to them, et cetera, et cetera. It's about this guy, right? It's about the, the chief executive. Their understanding was it doesn't really matter who the person is as long as he is an able spokesman, a marionette on behalf of the oligarchy that actually runs the country. So they sort of made it explicit. Unfortunately, Trump was so disliked by Democratic voters that a lot of them, I think, understood kind of what was going on on a gut level, but went along with it because at least he wasn't Trump. And so this guy got elected with less popular support than any president in our history by far through a kind of series of circumstantial quirks. And here we are. Wait. Wait. Okay, so the last 23 seconds, give it away. Why neither Tucker Carlson 
or anybody else on Fox News will talk about the Arizona audit or, indeed, the election being stolen. Let me run this by you again. Trump was so disliked by Democratic voters. Trump had more Democrat votes than any Republican presidential nominee in many, many years. Was he disliked by a lot of Democrat voters? Of course. The presidential, the presidential nominee of one party is always disliked by voters from the other party other than the voters from the other party who actually vote for him. We all saw in the weeks and even months leading up to the November 3rd presidential election impromptu pro-Trump motorcades in deep blue areas like New York City and L.A. And Tucker is acting like Democrat voters just hated him. We're seeing F. Joe Biden chants in stadiums in deep blue areas. Austin, Texas. Baseball games in New York City. Let me explain something to you here in just a second. Uh, let, me, let me just give you the, the last 18 seconds here. That a lot of them, I think, understood kind of what was going on on a gut level, but went along with it because at least he wasn't Trump. And so this guy got elected with less popular support than any president in our history by far through a kind of series of circumstantial quirks. He got elected through a series of circumstantial quirks. Do you think Tucker Carlson is ever going to detail what those circumstantial quirks are that he think led to Joe Biden being elected? Did it help that five swing states all stopped counting votes simultaneously on election night? What about Brett Baer on election night calling Arizona very early for Biden and waiting several days to call states like Florida and Alaska for Trump? What about one of the Murdoch daughters-in-law Saturday morning on Twitter, the Saturday after the election, after Fox announced Biden, the winner, going on Twitter and saying, we did it. What about that, Tucker? And here we are. Yep, here we are. Here we are. There's an old saying, never give up the con. Never give up the con. I knew something was amiss on the Sunday morning before election night in November, Sunday, November 1st, when Chris Wallace, Fox News Sunday, announced their power player of the week. And who was their power player of the week? 
a hardcore liberal Democrat named Arnon Mishkan. Arnon Mishkan, he was a guy who's going to be uh, accountable for doing the uh, the data, doing the vote counting, doing the projections for Fox News on election night. If Tucker Carlson on Fox News admits that the Arizona audit exists, if he were to talk about it on his show, the fact that obviously there was way more voter fraud than was necessary in Maricopa County, the most populous county in Arizona, the one with Phoenix in it, way more voter fraud that was necessary in just that one county to steal the election from Trump, then all of a sudden, Tucker Carlson is running into the buzzsaw of everybody else on Fox News who don't want to talk about it, right? Brett Baer, Brett Hume, Neil Cavuto, all these other guys. Now, a while back, Tucker Carlson picked a fight with a guy named Shepard Smith, who'd been on the network for years. Shepard Smith really stuck out like a sore thumb on Fox News because he was real liberal, okay? And Tucker Carlson picked a fight with him, and the network wouldn't back up Shepard Smith, and Shepard Smith quit in a huff, and now he's, I think, over on CNBC where nobody watches him. But Tucker Carlson, my humble opinion, you're entitled to it, does not want to pick a fight with Brett Baer and Brett Hume and Chris Wallace and perhaps more importantly, the folks in charge of Fox News. Again, the Saturday after Election Day, the daughter-in-law of the guy who owns Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, says we did it, and they did do it. They did do it. Now, the powers that be at Fox News do not have a problem with Tucker Carlson excoriating and eviscerating any particular policy of the current regime. They realize that is the bread and butter of Fox News. And I was in a very similar situation when I was doing a local radio talk show for the second biggest radio company in America, Cumulus Media. They were fine with me excoriating whatever the Biden administration was doing that I disagreed with because at least they had the sense to realize, oh, well, you're conservative talk radio. I guess that's what you guys do. They love Biden. They love Kamala. But, you know, they held their nose and collected the money off the advertisers from their conservative talk radio stations in Little Rock, Arkansas, and in much bigger markets like New York and L.A. before they sold the one in New York. But anyway, but what they would not abide by, what they told us in a memo on January 6th got leaked to the Washington Post and New York Times was, if you say stolen election, if you say stop the steal, you'll be fired. So, 
probably no one at Fox needed to tell Tucker that. He's sharp enough to realize where the network is, right? He's not a stupid man. So he can slam Biden all he wants to as long as he doesn't as long as he doesn't say hey there's proof there there's proof i mean this is the mo- i mean oh this- I, I see i'm sorry pardon me there's proof that arizona that uh that trump actually won it he can't say that because that reflects badly on his employer. Now, Emerald Robinson, the great Washington correspondent for Newsmax, says that it's kind of odd that folks on Fox News are slamming the vaccine mandate when their employer, Fox News, demands to know their, their vaccine status. Interesting. Interesting, isn't it? One more time. One more time. Trump was so disliked by Democratic voters that a lot of them, I think, understood kind of what was going on on a gut level, but went along with it because at least he wasn't Trump. And so this guy got elected with less popular support than any president in our history by far through a kind of series of circumstantial quirks. And here we are through kind of a series of circumstantial quirks, Tucker Carlson will never be more specific than that because he can't be. He can't afford to be. So, when when people say to me, um, you know, the condolences that I got fired from my job doing local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, working for the second biggest media company in America, Cumulus Media. I, I say I appreciate that, but when God closes one door, he opens another. And what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is to be with a platform where I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about management being upset about something I say. I'm going to speak the truth in love and let the chips fall where they may. You know what I'm saying? I'm not worried about it. Now, let me let me let me ask you if you heard about this. The Chinese military just launched a hypersonic nuclear-capable missile into space a couple of days ago that circled the entire globe at low orbit. Have you heard anybody talk about that in the news? Now, I'm, I'm reminded. I'm reminded. Back when... Bill Clinton 
was running for re-election in 1996. And uh, I think it was Al Gore that did the, the fundraiser at the Buddhist temple, got a lot of money from Chinese concerns in L.A. About the same time, about the same time that uh, Bill Clinton um, he uh, he released the constrictions that uh, were legally on U.S. businesses of sharing sensitive missile technology with China. Laurel. Laurel. Because up until that point, up until that point, um, China was trying to launch rockets and, and, and they'd fall apart when they, when they went up and they didn't know how to. But uh, Bill Clinton made sure that Laurel shared with them the sensitive missile and or rocket technology so the things would work. And I wonder, not only did that set a precedent, but it did a set a foundation for what they're doing 25 years later. Okay, now, Stephen McDonald, China correspondent for BBC, former ABC Beijing bureau chief, announced in the middle of the night, urgent, the Chinese government has said the recent test was not a missile but a spacecraft test. Oh, okay. All right. And they wouldn't lie. I mean, these are, these are the same guys who were totally upfront about the about the Wu flu, right? The China virus. They wouldn't lie, right? No, 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 no. Seriously, you would be amazed at how many liberal journalists give the benefit of the doubt to whatever the spokesman for a genocidal regime says. Whatever the spokesman for a dictatorship says. Okay, well, they, they denied it, so we're good, right? UK Daily Mail. Just rolled this out less than 20 minutes ago. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says the U.S. is closely watching China's hypersonic missile development during visit to Georgia to reassure allies after the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. And UK Daily Mail always has some good subheads, so you usually don't even have to read the article. Hey, bullet points, like seven different bullet points, uh, subheads here. China test launched a hypersonic nuclear weapon back in August that is designed to dodge missile defenses. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Weapon was carried into orbit on a rocket before circling Earth and crashing down on a target at speeds of up to 3,800 miles per hour, though it Missed by up to 24 miles, Source sources familiar with the test set. Analysts caught off guard by launch, which shows China's missile tech is much more advanced than thought. Mike Gallagher, Republican member of the U.S. Armed Services Committee, blasted Biden as complacent and said U.S. risks losing out on new Cold War arms race with China within the next decade Beijing played down the threat, saying launch was a routine test of spacecraft for the peaceful use of space. Well, sure, 
Just like how uh, Iran is building nukes for peaceful use, right? NATO said it needed to look at China's throwing threat along with its traditional focus on Russia. I wonder if they meant growing threat. I wonder if that's a wonder if that's a, a typo. So if China has a missile they could launch from China to hit anywhere in the world and your um, missile defenses won't see it in time, I'm thinking that's a bad thing, right? I'm thinking that's a bad thing. Just, you know, one of the things we try to do here on the Doc Washburn Show is give you news that you may not have heard anywhere else. No, I don't want to talk about Kourtney Kardashian getting engaged to the guy from Blink-182. That's not the kind of news I'm talking about. By the way, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in many, many, many years. But I understand that this past Saturday night, they did a whole show of skits right next to each other, not wearing masks, at the very end of the show where they all gather on stage to say, good night, everybody, they're wearing masks. It's all virtue signaling. It's nothing, nothing more. Uh, by the way, Joe Biden and his caretaker, Dr. Jill, at a very swanky restaurant in Washington, D.C., videotaped over the weekend, not wearing masks, in violation, of course, of Washington, D.C.'s mask mandate at restaurants everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. But again, none of these people, none of these people are actually concerned about the Rona, the Wu flu, the China virus. They aren't really concerned about it. They just want to control you and me. If they were concerned about it, they would have kept the border with Mexico closed, right? Instead of letting people in with who knows what kind of diseases. Know what I'm saying? Who knows what kind of diseases? Unfreaking believable. Are you familiar with Babylon B? Babylon B is a satire website and it's hilarious. I've got a brother who's really funny. And somebody told him recently, you ought to go right for the Babylon Bee. He's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm that funny. I mean, he is, but good grief. Babylon Bee, over the weekend. Again, satire. FBI assures nation they will get back to figuring out why that guy shot 400 people in Vegas four years ago as soon as they're done investigating parent-teacher meetings. You know, you either laugh or you cry. I mean, the, the best humor is, is, is rooted in the truth, right? Now, can I ask something? Because they're, 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 they're firing nurses and doctors, right? They're firing police, right, for not getting the jab. Okay, why, why are all these people mandated to get the, the vaccine for the Rona but the postal workers don't have to. What's what's up with that? Again, 
again, the Democrats in power realize they need the postal workers for all that fraudulent universal mail-in balloting. They want to steal it even more next time than they did last time. All right, now, there's a story from the other day that I don't know if you heard about, but I want to, I got to talk about this for a moment. Some 216,000 children, mostly boys, according to a damning new inquiry, were found to have been sexually abused by clergy in the French Catholic Church since 1950. The head of the inquiry said there were at least 3,000 abusers and accused the Roman Catholic Church of France of showing a cruel indifference toward the victims. A Vatican statement said Pope Francis felt pain on hearing about the inquiry's finding. One of those abused said it was time the church reassessed its actions. Francois DeVoe, who's also the founder of the Victims Association, La Parole Libérée, which is French for freed speech, said there had been a betrayal of trust, a betrayal of morale, a betrayal of children. The inquiry found the number of children abused in France could rise from 216,000 all the way to 330,000 when taking into account abuses committed by lay members of the church, such as teachers at Catholic schools. For Mr. DeVoe, it marked a turning point in France's history. He said, you have finally given institutional recognition to victims of all the church's responsibility, something the bishops and the pope have not yet been prepared to do. Now, according to the Vatican statement, the pope learned about the report after he met visiting French bishops a couple of weeks ago, the statement said his first thoughts are for the victims with a deep sadness for their wounds and gratitude for the courage in coming forward. His thoughts also turn to the church in France and that in recognizing these terrible events and united by the suffering of the Lord for his most vulnerable children, it can take the path of redemption. The path of redemption. The Pope, Francis, says that the Roman Catholic Church in France should take the path of redemption. All right, now let me let me let me let me talk about that for a moment. Because see, I am old enough to remember 20 years ago when the pedophile priest scandal first broke in the US. And you remember Cardinal Law, right? Cardinal Law, up in Boston, was found to have been fully aware of the pedophile priest situation. And he moved these priests around from one parish to another in the Catholic Archdiocese of Boston instead of turning anybody into the police. And he would not warn, hey, this guy's a pedophile. And so they could 
sexually abuse, uh, sexually abuse new little boys wherever they went, right? He knew. For decades, he knew. In April 2002, following the Boston Globe's public exposure of the cover-up by Cardinal Law and his predecessor, Umberto Cardinal Medeiros, They cover, covered up the pedophile priests for decades. His um, archbishopric was taken away from him, but he was still a cardinal, and the Pope moved him to the Vatican. Well, see, we, we, we don't have an extradition treaty with the Vatican. And this was John Paul II. This was the Pope that everybody loved, right? The one that, along with uh, Ronald Reagan and, and, and Margaret Thatcher, helped take down the Soviet Union and the, and the Berlin Wall and the whole thing. John Paul II appointed Cardinal Law to a post in Rome as archpriest of the Basilica di Santa Maria Maggiore, largely ceremonial role, but the point is, on the off chance of some kind of prosecutor, either state or federal in Boston, Massachusetts, would develop the testicular fortitude to actually indict this guy who knew about all this going on this whole time, Pope John Paul II says, no, nah, we're not going to allow that. We'll bring him in over here to the Vatican. Really? So now, with news that 216,000 children, mostly boys, have been sexually abused by clergy of the French Roman Catholic Church since 1950, the Pope says that the Roman Catholic Church in France should take the path of redemption. Well, now, let me, let me address that, if I may. Y'all know the fish rots from the head. Y'all know that archbishops and cardinals and even Pope John Paul II, he was supposed to be the good one, the, the one that the Protestants liked, actually and probably more Catholics-like than the one they have now, that's for sure. Um, complicit, after the fact, accessory after the fact. Because you take carnal law away from Boston, take him to the Vatican where he can't be extradited even if he was prosecuted. Choose the path of redemption, Pope Francis says. All right, I got a suggestion on what the path of redemption would be. Because who knows, 216,000, mostly boys, sexually abused over 70 years by the Roman Catholic Church in France, that's widespread. And there is a lot of abuse in the U.S., and who knows how many other countries. Um, our Lord said that you will know them by their fruit. It looks like the fruit of the Roman Catholic Church, not all of them, but surely a lot of them, is abusing little boys. 
So if the Pope is serious about choosing the path of redemption, uh, perhaps he should say, look, this institution is uh, beyond rehabilitation. Uh, so, you know, this whole St. Peter's Basilica and the whole thing we got here in the Vatica is worth untold money. We're going to sell all we have, give it to the victims of our abuse, give the rest to the poor. We're going to dismantle this whole thing we call the Roman Catholic Church because obviously we are not, we are not honoring Jesus Christ. This is the only way we can show that we're serious about making amends. But he's not going to do that. He has the gall to say, take the path of redemption? Talk's cheap. God knows talk is cheap. Anyway. Um... When I mentioned that uh, the Doc Washburn show, I'm unmasked, unfiltered, uncensored, I meant it. I meant it. I'm going to speak the truth in love to you, which is what we are commanded to do. Uh, and I just, I can't worry about, oh, well, now, wait a minute. This might upset this person or, or that might upset that person. You know what I'm saying? We have to. We have to get the truth at. By the way, uh, Joe Biden's cognitive decline is getting worse. I don't know if you heard this over the weekend. Here he is. We have fewer democracies in the world today than we did 15 years ago. Fewer. Not more. Fewer. He looks furious. We have fewer democracies in the world than we did a decade ago, and he's yelling fewer, not more, fewer. He looks furious at the people in front of him who have, haven't done anything. Haven't done anything. He's losing it. But see, nobody's supposed to say that. Nobody's supposed to say that. By the way, I, I don't know if you heard about this. DHS, Department of Homeland Security, seeks to track biometric data of workers in order to improve their health and wellness. What? The United States Department of Homeland Security is seeking proposals for a new system that will allow it to track the biometric data of its own employees. I hate the word workers. It sounds communist. Will allow it to track the biometric data of its own employees in order to monitor their physical and mental well-being. DHS said in a call for proposals this week, it's looking for it's looking to find innovative technological solutions that will improve the overall health and wellness of those consistently placed in high stress and dangerous conditions under DHS employment. Not even gonna lie, fam. This is nuts, man. This is nuts. Uh, by the way, a uh, big thank you, tip of the hat to uh, John Solomon over at justthenews.com for that. Justthenews.com has another, another 
breaking news story here that I think you need to know about. Reconciliation bill includes $6 billion in taxes, fines, and fees on oil and gas industry. Okay, so they want to put the oil and gas industry of the United States out of business. Never forget what Trump said. If Biden gets in office, China takes over. Biden does, no, 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 no. It's not, 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 not incompetence. He's doing everything he can. Well, his puppet masters are to bring this country to its knees. Here it is. About $6 billion in new taxes, fees, and fines specific to the oil and gas industry are on the table in Dementia Joe's $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation plan pending in Congress. Four groups representing hundreds of oil and gas businesses have urged Congress to scrap the plan, arguing it will impact supply and increase prices on thousands of oil-based products that will hurt the poor, elderly, and tribal groups the most. That's right. It will. And Biden doesn't care. And Kamala Harris doesn't care. And Nancy Pelosi doesn't care. And Elizabeth Warren doesn't care. And Dick Durbin doesn't care. By the way, shout out to our uh, listeners in Illinois, one of the top five states for downloads of the podcast, mentioning Dick Durbin. It's... uh, We're in a world of hurt. We're in a world of hurt. So a wise man once told me, work like everything depends on you. Pray like everything depends on God. Oh, can I give you a little bit of good news? Before we get out of here, can I give you our feel-good story of the day? I don't know if you heard about this over the weekend. Jussie Smollett criminal trial to move forward after judge denies attempt to dismiss the case. Hell, yes. A judge on Friday denied a last-ditch effort to dismiss a criminal case against actor Jussie Smollett, who's accused of lying to police when he reported he was the victim of a racist anti-gay attack in downtown Chicago in January 2019. An attorney for the former Empire actor said Smollett's rights were being violated since he had already performed community service and given up a $10,000 bond under a previous deal with Cook County prosecutors to drop charges. Attorney Ninye Uchi said a deal is a deal. That's ancient principle. But Judge James Lynn noted that Smollett's case now is being led by a special prosecutor appointed by a different judge and arrangement that he would not upset. Judge Lynn said jury selection in Smollett's trial would start November 29th. I'll tell you what, bro. (laughs) You know, it's nice. It's nice to have the silver lining on the cloud to wrap things up. It really is. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, <laughs> I know, I know Biden will, Biden will pardon him. Oh, no, wait, that's right. President can only uh, pardon people found guilty of federal crimes, right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's right. That's right. By the way, I, I do have to throw one more thing at you. U.S. Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky has a two-page bill that would prohibit any requirement that a member of the armed forces receive a vaccination against COVID-19. Looks like it only has 37 co-sponsors. That's a shame. Including doctors and veterans in Congress. And he says, is your representative on the list? I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. But maybe, maybe part of the problem is how many U.S. representatives receive campaign donations from the pharmaceutical industry, right? Could that be part of the problem? I just checked real quick. The state I used to do a local talk show in, Arkansas, not a one of the four U.S. representatives from Arkansas signed Congressman Thomas Massey's bill that would prohibit any requirement that a member of the armed forces receive a vaccination against COVID. Not a one. Now, there's six out of Texas. By the way, Texas is our uh, second most downloaded state for the Doc Washburn Show, and we appreciate everybody in the uh, the Lone Star State. Um, anyway, there, there's going to be a lot more tomorrow. Going to be a lot more tomorrow. And, and we hope at some point we hope to get some kind of response from Podbean. Guys, did they cut us off early today? No, they did not, did not cut us off early today, so that's great. Because it was crazy getting cut off only 45 minutes into the live stream on Thursday and about 14 minutes into the live stream on Friday. But when we went to upload the live stream as a podcast, the whole thing was there. So I don't know. Craziest thing, craziest thing. Anyway, uh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Tell your friends how they can access our live stream and the podcast. Obviously, most people listening to this as a podcast, either downloaded wherever podcasts are available, or you go to docwashburnshow.com and just click on listen. Because I was talking to somebody, we, we had a uh, a prayer meeting at church last night, and and I talked to somebody afterwards, and this was an elderly person who said, well, I just wouldn't have any idea how to download a podcast. I said, yeah, me either. I'm technologically challenged. But if you go to docwashburnshow.com, just click, click on listen, you, you can listen to us that way. Oh, well, I could do that, sure. So if anybody wants to listen live for the time being, what you have to do, if you want to hear this live at noon Eastern, 11 Central, 10 Mountain, 9 Pacific, you got to download something on your phone called the Podbean app. Pod and then bean like lima bean. That's the way to listen to it live. Anyway, appreciate y'all. This has been episode number five of the Doc Washburn Show. Appreciate everybody and can't wait. Can't wait to do it again tomorrow, but with new and different content. <laughs> Have a great Monday. Thanks.